Wall Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Koslowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's all extremely alluring. The Music Network reported that heavy metal music is one of the fastest growing genres in the world. It is noted that there is at least one heavy metal band in 145 countries. Today's story is focused on Tim Labesis, the vocalist for As I Lay Dying, the heavy metal sensation that rocked our country and our ears for over a decade. However, the glitz and glamour of fame often shadows the difference between right and wrong. With expectations and distractions welling up around him, Labesis almost committed the ultimate crime. Did he succeed? What did he do? Find out on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Got a, a Tim Labesis. Labesis. Yep. It's a weird name. I didn't name him. I didn't come up with it. It's not my last name. Thank God. Also, as I lay dying, <laughs> it's taken a long time, huh? A decade? A you decade? Know, my grandfather had a stroke one time. And he cool. fell on the floor. Okay. And he was like, this is it. And he just closed his eyes. And then he was there for like 10 minutes. And he was like, oh, shit, I better call somebody. Maybe I'm not going to die. Wow. What, what, <laughs> what bravery in the face of death, though? Just be like, all right, here it is. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. He is. I'm Kashan. And I'm Nina Kern. This week's episode is going to be a little bit lighter. Than last week's episode. Yeah, thank God. I've been running around um, everyone I interact with. I'm like, hey, you ever eat a Crunch Bar? And then I'm like, you're awful when they say yes. Because obviously they've eaten a Crunch Bar. We couldn't avoid them. I love them. I ate them when I was a kid. Yeah, Halloween. They gave them out. I couldn't avoid it. All right. I like the bunch of crunches in the bag. I, no, they I, look you like know, little pieces of poop. You know what? No, I'm tired of them just crumbling up candy bars and throwing it in a bag and calling it a new product. All right? I know that it's just all the fucked up pieces off the line that they throw into a bag and then sell to me for a premium. And it's not it's not that much more convenient that it comes in a bag. I don't get it. I like it. But why? Because no ripping off the wrapper, easy access. I, I mean, I guess I feel like you're opening a bag and slamming the whole thing. Like you're the person that's like when you get the last pieces of chips at the bottom of the bag, you're just, yeah, of course oh, I am. I'm just dumping the whole that thing. That is into your me. Mouth. You know that's me. Yeah, I've seen you around a mozzarella stick. <laughs> Order French fries, anything. This is my favorite running joke of this podcast: is the mozzarella sticks. I haven't had mozzarella sticks in like six months. It's more like six minutes. Am I right? Am I right, everyone at home? All right. No one believed you. They believe me. As I lay dying, that's what Nina's going to say after she eats another mozzarella stick. Yeah, one more mozzarella stick. It's Actually, put the, I the almost, nail in the coffin. So let's go dive in to today's episode. Tim Labesis. All right, 
Tim Labesis was born on November 21st, 1980 in Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> I'm from Arizona. Are you from Scottsdale? Fuck no. I, for some reason, a lot of bachelorette parties going there recently. I don't know. It's 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 the is it va- fun? It, no, of course not. It's Arizona. It's the Valley in Arizona, like around Phoenix. That place sucks. Are there a lot of bars? Like, why are we going there? I mean, there's as many bars as there are in any larger city. It's not fun though. All right. It's hot and boring. That's how I'm described usually. Mm. Mm. You're one of those. Things. Just boring. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> well, well. Okay. Anyways. Um, even though he was born in Scottsdale, Labesis grew up in Southern California. And while he was in school, he was voted most like Jesus by his classmates. It's just the long hair, I think. I don't even know if he had long hair. Also, what it was ki- a Christian school. What, I'm about to say, what kind of high school has a superlative that's most like Jesus? This one. That's awful. Yeah, man, he walked into the gym one day and flipped over all the tables and started whipping people. <laughs> most like Jesus. Give it to him. Yeah, they didn't say how he was most like Jesus. Mm. Maybe he was just trying to like have sex with all the prostitutes. They just give it to the kid that sex died. Workers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? Jesus is how you're trying to get with Mary Magdalene. Oh, I thought you were talking about how I said they just give it to the guy who died. No, I was talking about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus died. He did, I know. Famously. Oh. I don't know if you know that. Uh, I get your joke now. Thank you. All right. Funny, funny, funny guy. Funny guy. That's why we do a podcast together. Um, okay. So Labesis grew up very religious and was a devout Christian. And he does kind of cling in, cling on to his religion throughout his entire life. He ended up attending Liberty University and majored in religious studies. Oh, God. Um, I'm not making this up. Not making this city up. Um, Liberty University is located in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, funny enough, the Jack Daniels Distillery is also located in Lynchburg, but Lynchburg, it's Tennessee. The only reason I know where Lynch, like the, that Lynchburg is a name of a town. Yep, yep. Um, but Liberty is a very—it's like an extremely conservative school. Um, I knew a couple people who went there. Uh, out of my circle of friends or, you know, from high school. Um, their former president, Jerry Falwell Jr., actually just got into, like, major trouble for a sexual harassment, um, sexual malpractice. I don't know. He did bad things. Um, but Not for our podcast. Someone yeah, else can no, cover that, that story. story. That school could be a three-part podcast in and of itself. But he went there. I don't think he graduated, though, from what I was, um, like, finding um a little more backstory on him he is also a bodybuilder and he doesn't look good i'm not gonna lie yeah we both he's hot we hardly ever agree we both agree that he's a pretty good looking yeah he like kind of looks like um whitewashed to jason momoa you know what yeah i can see that uh thor with tattoos is also another one i see he's got long blonde hair yeah he's blonde in some pictures blonde brown he's got the same beard he's really ripped he's got those uh he's got the cum gutters the v that goes down uh that angles uh towards the peen yeah Um, yeah, he's got all that so he's got abs that i would look butter off of she said that exact statement before so yeah uh, you say it twice, it's truth. Yep. Uh, he did get married to a woman named Megan Murphy uh, in 2004. She's Megan with two Gs, which is really odd. But anyways, and then they actually adopted three children from Ethiopia. So how do, like, what makes this man famous? Why are we talking about him? So Labesis is the founder of the metalcore band As I Lay Dying. Um, they got the name 
from a book that is also called As I Lay Dying by William Faulkner. Um, but don't worry, they did not read the book. Oh, grace. Um, <laughs> from what I can tell, they have never read the book. And they just thought it sounded cool and that it would fit well with their uh, sound. Guys, I got a great new band name. Let's call ourselves the Grapes of Wrath, man. <laughs> isn't that fucking, isn't that name metal as fuck, dude? Bro, bro, bro. What if we named the book? Charlotte's Web. Oh my God! What's up, Virginia? We are Charlotte's Web. That's like a hundred years from now. Someone's naming their stupid ass fucking electronica band because that's all the future is going to have. Uh, Charlotte's Web because they're not going to know. They're not going to know. A stupid book. Oh, what, what about where the red fern grows? Of course, as I lie dying might be a good book. I haven't read it. Either, I haven't read so it I either. Can't, I can't really talk shit. Uh, but. Yeah, Labisa said in this interview that I watched that his friend who was formerly in the band was on Spark Notes and uh, it like suggested As I Lay Dying to him. And he was like, hell yeah, that's going to be our band name. And it was. They put the same amount of effort into this band name that an underachieving fifth grader puts, puts into their book report. Which is great. To be fair, Post Malone also did not put a lot of thought into his stage name. Yeah, but his name's just dumb. It's fine. It's it's dumb. pop stars can have dumb names. Yeah, metal bands are supposed to have like fucking dope names. Well, right? as I lay dying is pretty cool. They could have just said, "I think it's cool." Yeah, I guess. Don't don't talk about the book if you never read it. Uh, well, whatever. Yeah, no, it's kind of like the equivalent of wearing a band T-shirt when you don't listen to that band. Oh, I thought you were wearing. I took. I was looking at your T-shirt, being like, "What band is this?" It's just a nasty. T-shirt. No, it's just a space shuttle shirt. Says reach for the new heights. I bet you don't even. I bet you don't even listen to Space Shuttle name seven of their songs. Um, some people do say that as I lay dying is a Christian band. Um, however, they are described as metalcore. Not even like, yeah, I don't know what the difference between metal and metalcore is. There's a bunch of different kinds. Of, I like metal, but there's a bunch of different kinds of metal, and I don't know either. So yeah, there's like silver, gold. Platinum, titanium. That's a me joke, which means that's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, they're described as metalcore, but Labesis has said himself that they're not a Christian band, but rather Christians in a band. Great. Yeah. Um, now, I have heard of this band, but before doing the podcast, I could not tell you a single song. Um, this type of music gives me a headache. It's, it sounds a lot like... Just kind of that. I hate that shit. It drives me nuts. But some of their popular songs, or most popular songs, include Through Struggle, Nothing Left, Beneath the Encasing of Ashes, My Own Grave, and more. Those kind of sound a little bit like Christian rock titles. A little bit. I don't know. He says that they talk about life. At least it's not. I mean, it's better than like Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse uh, song names like like fucking Corpse Fuck or something. I don't know. Oh my. Their names are like that, though. They're like... Oh, wow. You really got something to prove when you... Or like Masturbation Evisceration or something. That sounds like it's probably one of their one of the names of their songs. And people like this band. I know. I, I've heard of them. So, I don't know. know. I am not a metal fan. I like metal. I don't like that kind of metal. No, thank you. Um, the band was completely formed, like, they were having a lot of in and out, but they, like, were solid in 2001. Um, the band has seven albums, one split album, so 
when it talks about a split album, this is an album that has tracks by two or more separate artists. What? I didn't even know they made those. I didn't know until today. I had to look it up. It's like a bargain bin CD. That's what that's kind like. of. That's what it sounds like to me. They kind just combine two yeah. bands together. Yes. Two compilation albums, and that's an album that has multiple artists on it, but it can also include other genres. So I was kind of like, it sounds like Kids Bop. Dude, Kids Bop should do a cover of My Own Grave. <laughs> can I, is there someone I can petition to get that done? I'm sure you can. I'm going to write, I'm writing letters to Kids Bop from now on every day. They're receiving a letter from me and be like, please do My Own Grave. I need a Kids Bop version of it. I'm not going to lie. The music videos aren't as bad as you would think they would be. For for kids, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that was the actual answer. I thought I was making a joke. No, you got to be wrong on that. I can't. No, that, I've had to watch them. It's I cool. Can't, no, I can't. Because like that. we'll put I'm on sorry. Kids Bop for the kids to listen to because we know it's not going to be bad, and then the music video will play, and I'm like, it's not as bad as you'd think. It. It's not good. I'm not going to like spend my free time watching Kids Bop music videos. Really? Because it kind of sounds like you spend your free time watching Kids Bop it's videos. Better right than now. Coco Melon. Dude, that shit's a form of birth control. I'm not even going to lie to you. Anyways, this is a form of birth control, too, because if my son came out of the womb screaming like that, after birth abortion. Give me milk. Titty, 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 titty. And you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) Sits won't get me. Oh. (laughs) Woof. Hope there's no babies listening because that was an offensive joke that to was, babies. Yeah, um, we're gonna get so many comments from babies. Oh, it's gonna be rough. I already have so many people mad at me. So on So many TikTok. baby emails, just like goo 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 ga 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 signed goo goo ga 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 baby boss it's baby. Gonna, you know it's gonna be rough. Um, their fourth studio album did hit number eight on the Billboard Top 200 and number one on the Top Rock chart. Oh damn! Yeah. Um, they've played lots of different festivals, including Warp Tour, Soundwave Festival, and Bloodstock Open Air. Um, they've played other ones, too, but like you can Google it if you really want to know. Um, doesn't have anything to do with story. Um, they won the Ultimate Metal God Award on the MTV2, on MTV2, on the All That Rocks special. It's a lot. It's a lot right there. But they won this award from MTV. Oh, man. I'd love to see the ratings on MTV2's all that rock special they won it love to see the nielsen report on that one they won it um they were also named artist of the year from 2005 to 2007 at the san diego music awards and they were nominated again in 2008 their last studio they're like of the complete formed band um was released on september 25th 2012 before the band went on their indefinite hiatus um in an interview which I, everywhere I was reading said indefinite hiatus, but we'll get to that more later. In an interview, Labesis stated that he felt extremely grateful for how successful the band was, despite being in a genre that isn't super popular, especially at that time. Like when I was like, oh, the music network states that this is the fastest growing genre. That was in 2019. They were doing all this in the early 2000s. So huh. it really wasn't. I, I guess for me it's weird because I got into metal in like 2011. I was in middle school basically yeah. when I started listening to metal. So I don't know. I've never listened to metal. Metal's but, been around for a while though. I mean, obviously well, Metallica, yeah. Slayer. Yeah. It is a very niche genre though. Yeah, I guess it's, it's not fun. like pop or you know, yeah, rap or stuff like that. It's more a little more niche. Um, 
so he was he did state and that's one thing i did like about him like we're gonna get into the shitty stuff he did but um what one thing i really did like about him although he will get into the shitty stuff he did was that he is really grateful for his success and they did work hard to get to where they were at so i'm like okay well i can respect you there um but he even said that he never expected to reach the level of success that they reached mm-hmm. and um, never expected to be able to live an affluent lifestyle with metal music. He was like, it's almost unheard of. And I was like, huh, that sucks. But I'm glad you were able to do it. Um, even though, and you'll find out, the band does dissolve at, after uh, 2012. Um, it does continue on just without Labesis. And it was under a different name called Woven War. I don't know what book they got that one from. They were just, you know, it was someone's fucking username on Reddit. I'm sure. They were like, oh, Woven Wars, a dope name. But I said they took a hiatus. So why did they take a hiatus? And why are we even talking about the band? Oh, because this is now a heavy metal podcast. We've rotated. Oh, God. Uh, We know it's what you wanted. um, And we know we'll get less... Uh, less baby emails, honestly, is what we want. We're tired of all the hate from babies, so we're switching it up. Could you imagine if we were a heavy metal podcast? No, you know nothing about heavy metal. Just kind of, just kind of like how you didn't know anything about white collar crime. I would rather talk about white collar crime. Well, I enjoy talking about white collar crime, but like, woof, heavy. No, I would not. Anyways, this is like if I made you do a a, a podcast about Sephora. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say bras, but I feel like you'd like that. I know more about bras than you might think. I know you do. One time, Kashan guessed my bra size. 100% accurate. And it was accurate, and I didn't like it. Well, what can I say? I'm a, a clairvoyant. Breast is sewer. Titty sewer. None of these are working. It's like a connoisseur. No, I get it. Like I get what you were going for. I'm saying it's not working. A breastalist? Oh, no, that one really doesn't work. It's like specialist fit breast. Anyways, continued. Tim Labesis. Well, Tim Labesis, although he was very successful in his career, his marriage, not so much. Uh, Labesis and his wife, Megan, definitely had ups and downs like every couple does. Um, Like I said earlier, you know, they had gotten married in 04, adopted the three kids from Ethiopia. But as a musician... Or any type of artist, not musical artist, but comedy and dancing, etc. When you are a touring artist, you really do have a very demanding schedule. You have a very kind of inflexible schedule. And it's not an ideal schedule for anyone who is in a partnership with you, to be honest. You are constantly out of the house. Um, and it's hard hard when you're not physically there to maintain a relationship it takes a lot of work long distance um, uh doesn't work forever not forever no small no. small snippets yeah but you know the tour schedule definitely put a strain on he and megan's relationship and it was also noted that when labesis was home that he spent too much time at the gym bodybuilding he did used to be really skinny and then he really transformed his body and now he looks like jason momoa Labesis does note that Megan was very resentful of his musical success as well as being resentful for him getting into better shape. It sounds like a bad relationship. Yeah, it was a bad I think it was You're just with someone who's like, I hate that you're bettering yourself. I hate that you're doing well. Well. I hate that for me specifically because you're doing well. Well, we weren't there. 
And I do think when he's like, she resented these things. It was like, well, okay, maybe, you know, he's finally home. Let's go spend time. No, I have to go to the gym. But, you know, I don't know Labesis, but I do know when you're in a partnership and when you're putting other things above your family. And it's hard because, you know, you're making all this money as a musician, doing what you love. There's expectations. But now you also have given your family a certain kind of lifestyle, but you need to continue that. But then the home life suffers. Like, you know, it's hard to juggle all these things, but, and it does make sense that when he is putting his career above his family, that his partner becomes resentful of that. Like, that makes sense to me. Yes. Like, that could be it, but if it's just the success, I mean. I think that that is what was happening, but from his lens at that point in time, he was like, well, she's just mad that I'm successful. And it's like, I don't know. There's not a lot from her anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think she chose to not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, He does say that he put more into his music career than his marriage because he found it more fulfilling. And during this time, Labesis also started taking steroids to achieve his fitness goals. So that's how he got so big from being so skinny. Yeah. Yeah, he started taking steroids. It looks like like the before and after pictures are shocking. Yeah, they are. He looks like a totally different human. Yeah. Like, he probably weighed, what, in that first picture, he might have weighed, like, what, 145? Maybe. And then he's, like, 225, 230 of just, like, solid ripped muscle. 100% yoked. It's bad And he's really tall, though, too. I forget how tall he is, but he's very tall. It's bad because it's, like, steroids are bad, <laughs> right? Right. Steroids are bad. But they did a lot for this man. <laughs> they did do Unfor- a lot for Unfortunately. Him. Like, would not fuck the before, would fuck the after. <laughs> Yikes. You'd have Life's to, unfair, dude. You, what? For All him? the bad stuff is just, sometimes it just does good things. So. What's so interesting was, like, at this time, like, you know that steroids are bad for you. Like, this isn't the 80s. Like, he knows that they're bad for him. And People, people know fucking fentanyl's bad for them. They do that shit, too. I mean, I like. Yes. In 2012, um, Labesis actually started having second thoughts about his faith. And he even made statements on his blog noting this. He and members of the band had lost faith. He wasn't the only one, but they still presented themselves as Christians in order to maintain popularity. This is just a side note in my own opinion. Them coming out as like, we're not, we are Christians in a band, just proclaiming their Christianity, I think really did have something to do with how popular they were. Um, there are a lot of kids, and he even talked about this in an interview that he I watched with him, but... There's a very big lack. He was talking about being able to reach out to kids who are in a bubble. Mm -hmm. And a lot of kids who grow up in very conservative Christian backgrounds, they are unfortunately in a bubble. And when, from my own experience and watching my friends' experiences, there tended to be a lack of um, regulation. Like if the kids were like, oh, I want to listen to this metal band, their parents would be like, no. But as long as you said it was a Christian metal band, they'd be like, "Oh, okay." Like they wouldn't check, they wouldn't check it out. They just yeah. like take the artist's word face value, and so I think that had a lot to do with their popularity. They were able to reach a bigger group of kids and bring them into the metal scene solely for the fact that they're Christian. And whether or not, because I knew people who listened to Christian rock music and I was like, I don't like this, but I, and I don't even know if they liked it, but they listened to it because it was better than the other 
conservative or the other contemporary Christian music that was coming out. God is an awesome God he raised from heaven and the- yeah, that shit's boring, bro. If if the option was between that and this like screamo version of heavy metal, I would also probably listen to the screamo yeah. version of heavy metal. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame anybody. I, just, I can't do it, bro. But um, I will note, and this is why uh, it's really hard. This episode has me like very torn because what he did was really bad. And what he wanted to do was really, really bad. But I do think that like deep, deep down, he is a genuine person um, because he was saying in this interview that I watched that he and the band members really struggled when they lost their faith because they felt really guilty appealing to an audience that they no longer like shared beliefs with. Yeah. And that they had to continue presenting themselves as though they give, give that audience 10 years that are not. Well, right. But he felt, he said he felt bad about it because there'd be kids who would come up to him and be like, will you pray with me? Like stuff like that. And he was like, fuck man, I don't want to. Yeah. That's like, I don't believe in this anymore. I guess it's weird. I'd be like, Ugh, no. He said that if they wanted to pray with him, he would let them pray. And then he would stand there with them because he's like, I didn't want to take that experience, like meaningful experience away from them. He's like, but they did. There were a few times that like kids would ask him to pray for them. And he was like, hey, I don't pray out loud. I'll take it back with me to the bus and pray about it then. Which I was like, okay, at least he wasn't like, but I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. But. Um, in 2012, while on tour, Labesis sent an email to his wife, Megan, telling her that he no longer loved her and that he cheated on her several times throughout their marriage and also told her that he no longer believed in God. Ugh. Yeah. And email, dude. <laughs> they were married for like eight years. And he sent her an email. <laughs> I thought getting broken up with over text after a year was bad. Dear Megan, I no longer love you. And also, I've cheated on you multiple times. Megan! I don't love you! Signed, Lambesis. P.S. I also don't believe in God no more. That'd be a shitty email to get. You could call her. P.P.S. You can take take the kids. I I don't want them. (laughs) Well, we're going to get to that. Oh, no. So, the couple was obviously separated after that email was sent. And when filing for divorce, Megan noted that Labesis was neglectful of the family. Um, include, she also included his obsession with a gym and claimed that he spent thousands of dollars on tattoos. It looks like it. And he is literally tatted from head, from neck to like ankles. Like he, even his whole back is just tats. Um, She also noted that he would become dangerously distracted when watching their children. Um, I guess one time he, and I'm sure there were other things that happened as well, but one time he fell asleep while they were all in the pool when he was supposed to be watching them. I feel like that probably happens to most parents. It's just that they they wouldn't admit it publicly because it looks bad. Yeah. But your kid's like, you don't sleep when you got a kid? So like you like sometimes I'm sure you can't just you can't help falling asleep. So I'm not gonna 100 fault him for that. But yeah, yeah. I mean if he if he was like play with these swords, it'd be a little different. I also don't know what the circumstance surrounding this was, but if he had been like fucked up and then fell asleep while they were in the pool, wait, does he do drugs too? No, but I'm just saying if that was the scenario under my. Under my impression, he did not. Do, I didn't gain that he did drugs, but you're gonna find out some things later with 
a path that his life goes that I was like, maybe that wasn't talked about. But I mean, he might have been, he was definitely doing steroids though. So, yeah. Um, Labesis claims that Megan fabricated how much he spent on tattoos and that most of his tattoos were done for free because it was good for the tattoo artist to collaborate with someone who was already famous in order to promote their work. Um, so that means if that's what you're like, she's lying. If that's the thing out of all the things that you're... Dude, you're pretty shitty. You're being a shitty husband. He's like, I mean, I totally neglected the family, but the tattoos were free. I just thought it was funny. And so with all this going on, while Labesis was at the gym one day, he asked his personal trainer, Brett Kimball, if there was anyone he knew who could kill his wife. You don't... I don't think that's something you can just ask somebody. It's not funny, but I was like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> hey, hey, Brett. Hey, Brett, hey. Like, solid, solid pump today. I just want to say, good job. Those curls, bro. Super, super on point. Hey, you know, I wanted to ask you something. Um, you know somebody who can kill my wife? <laughs> is that, is that you know, something you, you know? No? no? Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. You want to go to Jamba Juice? So bad. It's like, what the fuck, dude? So I'm like, what kind of gym is this? This is not a Planet Fitness vibe. Like, this is not a Planet Fitness vibe. Actually, it kind of is a Planet Fitness vibe. Someone with, like, I, I could probably find a murder for hire person at a Planet Fitness. Honestly. I feel like export fitness, yes. Or maybe like 24 hour fitness. Gold's Gym, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any one of those people in there would, would kill your wife for absolutely. like, for like um, a bump of cocaine and a shot of steroids and yeah. like a, a packet of creatine. Absolutely. They'll do it. Planet Fitness is too purple. Okay. You're right. Planet Fitness it's is too, too purple, purple to have murder for hire happen in it. I agree. That's what I think. That's what I think. Um, but obviously, this deeply disturbed Brett, and he was wanted to have another conversation with Elisa's about this. And on April 24th, 2013, they had a meeting. Um, Labesis told him that Megan was making the divorce more difficult than it needed to be and that he, she wasn't allowing him to see his kids. Um, during this conversation, he claimed that it would be better for the kids to have one parent with a healthy relationship than having two parents with two unhealthy relationships. But he was the one who fell asleep while they were in the pool. And he's the one who's on tour all the time. You just pack him into the bus. I guess one time he wanted to take them on tour and she told him no. Which I will say, depending on their age, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with that. I mean, she wants to come. I get it, though. If like she's so upset that he's going on tour and he's not there for the kids, and then he's like, well, why don't you guys come with me? And then it's well, also no. All of them are then, coming in. Then it's a lose-lose situation. Well, you can't, yes, you know, yes. you can't do anything about that. Then. It's like, oh, so you just want me to give up all of my dreams then. Correct. You know? No, I see. I Still don't that. kill your, don't ask someone to kill your wife. Yeah. And then you also, know, but, this is the craziest part. When they were having this meeting, one of his girlfriend, his girlfriend, um, that he was seeing throughout his marriage. Um, she was present for the conversation, but they were like, oh, go inside. We'll meet you inside. At the she went in the gym, and they like were in the parking lot. Of course, it was outside the gym again. Okay, yeah. maybe this guy does have a thing with the gym. If you, like all of your meetings happen at the gym. Yeah, no, they do. He he was weird about the gym. All right. And I think he still is weird about the gym. I mean, the people who are that ripped probably have to be weird about the gym, to be very honest with you. Yeah. Um, but Kimball, his trainer, um, he got all this info and he turned it into the police. Thank God. Um, once they gathered this information, 
Labesis then met with an undercover cop who posed as a hitman named Red. Terrible hitman name. Stupid. Just well, cut, and just, they had to do that name. You want, want to know why they do that name? Why? Because in the second meeting, uh, Brett Kimball was like, yeah, I have someone who could do it. And he's like, oh, who? And he's like, this guy named Red. And oh, he improv like, that? Yes. Oh, Brett, I'm sorry, man. You You don't. If you were planning on going to UCB, I got some bad news for you. I yeah, want, it was bad. I want to so, do it. The best name you can come up with is Red. Just say, like, Greg, dude. Like, <laughs> a hitman's a normal dude. Just be like, yeah, man, I got this guy named Greg. He kills people great. I'll call Greg up. But you got so it. So funny. And so then they had to stick with the name because they were like, you already gave us this shitty name. <laughs> Ridiculous. So anyways, in the meeting, Labesis told Red that he wanted his wife gone and to never see her again. Red then asked him if he wanted her dad, and he replied, yes, that's what I want. It's like, no, I want you to kidnap her and take her to a Cayman Island. Yeah, fucking Red. You're a murder for hire, dude. What the? What are you talking about? Of yeah. course I want her dead, you idiot. Labesis told Red that he wanted his wife murdered while he was with the children so that he would have an alibi. He then gave Red $1,000 cash, her address, the gate codes to get into her home, and the dates that he would have the children. $1,000 is not a big enough down payment if you're actually paying someone to murder somebody. I agree. Like, here's the thing. I keep doing this a lot, but like, okay, murder for hire is not cool. It's not cool. You, should ne- you shouldn't murder for hire somebody. But if, if, the, if the person who you are getting to murder your wife asks only for like a grand, they aren't a real gun for hire. All right? It's, it's at least like a 20K kind of thing you're dealing with well, that's okay funny that you say 20k you gotta it's more money just that's a down payment it's got to be at least six figures right to actually I'm, buy an actual yeah. hitman it's got to be a lot of money that's what i would think um megan also noted in the trial that Lubesis was also acting weird and was asked before this and was asking her questions like what are the kids social security numbers and stuff like that hey so like when are you going to be home alone and like what windows do you stand next to also where are the kids birth certificates which knives in your house are the sharpest? <laughs> what time do you go to bed? Are you sure? Are you at, like, like, would you hear someone breaking a window if you were asleep? <laughs> Why are you asking me all these questions? Insurance? I'm not going to murder you. I'm not going to murder you. That's not why. No. Um, Labesis told Red that he would give him $20,000 for the hit. Oh, see? So it was funny that you said that. I'm pretty on. Um, so while they're having this meeting, Red recorded the entire conversation. He's, obviously. A, he's a cop. Yeah. And on May 7th, 2013, Labesis was arrested in Oceanside, California while shopping. Um, Labesis originally pleaded not guilty. I don't know how you're going to plead not guilty when you have an entire conversation with an undercover cop on recording. That doesn't mean the same thing to me, guys. So when I said I wanted her dead. I'm joking. I said I wanted her dead. Yeah, it was a funny. It was a prank. See the camera? See yeah. the camera? It was a prank. Smile. This is it going on my YouTube? Smile. You're I can on do candid this. Camera. <laughs> do you remember Candid Camera? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. The prank show from like the 1970s. Yeah. yeah. That's what this was. Um, Lavisis' lawyer claimed that Lavisis did this because he wasn't right in his head due to all the steroid use and the, the steroids affected his thought process. Great. Labesis' bail was set at $3 million, but then was lowered to $2 million. Oh, only $2 mil? Yep. Okay. Um, on May 30th, Labesis was placed on bail and had to wear an ankle monitor and be placed under heavy travel restrictions. They did think that he was um, a threat and that he was also a flight risk, so that's why he got an ankle bracelet. 
He wasn't allowed to contact his wife or children during this time. <laughs> Wonder why. Yeah. Obviously, after this, he received heavy criticism from his bandmates because of his actions. And I did kind of feel bad for the bandmates because people were asking them a lot of questions and stuff. Like, what's going on? What's going on? And they're like, dude, we don't know. Like, we didn't tell him to murder his wife. Like, or maybe they did and they were trying to cover it up. Did. I don't think they did. Um, Labesis ended up being on house arrest for one year in 2013 and then was sent to a state prison in 2014. I think that this might have been because on February 25th, 2014, Labesis changed his plea to guilty from non-guilty and he received a six-year sentence. Okay, maybe it just always seems a little low, but that's that's like a this little seems, low, right? Uh, like 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 at least like at least like ten, right? I think so. You know, like at least ten, and then let him out after like three. Three. Like if you're like I I understand that most of those sentences are symbolic, and everyone pretty much gets off early, and that's part of the process. Um, but like, got at least ten, right? Six is just... I, it feels like a slap in the face to only... You six. tried to you hire somebody even, to murder somebody. You were A person that you were in... At least 10. They were in that relationship for eight years. Like so if, your sentence is less than the marriage? Like, time? murder's 25 to life. So I say at least a third of that if you tried to get someone to do it. Yeah. Right? You know, so at least eight years. But whatever. That's just me. Um, while in prison in 2016, Limbesis filed a lawsuit against two Southern California detention centers for neglect because he had been denied medicine that was supposed to help him with the side effects of um, steroid withdrawals. Uh, the only problem was that it was more steroids. <laughs> He's just like, you got to get me. It helps with the steroid withdrawals. Just give me a little juice, yeah, baby. Just, just give me a little juice. I'll let you inject it. Come on. Um, according to the lawsuit, the denial of medication caused him to develop to develop breast tissue, and that he went in a lot of under a lot of distress because oh, yeah. of that. Make him popular in prison. That's what I was thinking. I was like, come on. Got, Not only are you going to be popular in prison, but you also now have a titty to hold on to while hey, you sleep. Uh, that's fair. If you got gynecomastia, you can probably, like, jerking off is probably a lot easier in prison because you can just grab your own tit. Yep. Twist your own nipple a little bit. Wow, that's a, that's a Nina thing I just said. I'm you sorry. Did. I'm sorry I did that. I'm not. I loved it. <laughs> I loved that joke. Um, his request for punitive damages of $35 million was denied, but the negligence hasn't been tried yet. Oh. So... We don't know. It's been how? It's been six years. Yeah, I think they're like, we don't care. We have bigger fish to fry. As a gift for the court systems in America. Yep. Um, don't worry, though. After a year in uh, prison, Labesis decided to recommit his life to Christ. And then two years after he went to prison, Labesis was released on parole. So he only served two of his six years in prison. Um, he says that this actually counts as like four or five years because he was on house arrest for one year two in actual prison and then one on parole. I, oh, the two years in prison, I count, but the one year house arrest, like, come on, man, you were at home. Well, and your one year of parole, come on, you're also out. Yeah, it doesn't count. I don't think it counts. You can add the two. I'll give you the two. So I guess four. Like, but you don't get more than that. Well, and here's the thing, too. You already deserved more than six. Yeah. And now you're only serving two? Come on. And, and like... Yeah, so I, get, getting out with even four or five is, like, 
Right. You still got off early then. Right. And, and like, here's the thing. He only got caught because he talked to the wrong person. What if he had talked to the right person? Yeah. We'd be having a totally different episode right now. Yeah. which We'd have it as the season finale. Like, this would have been a murder. This would be totally different. Like... Once again, just don't ask your, your personal trainer if he knows someone that can kill your wife. That's a bad place to go. Well, right. But the other thing, too, that's really frustrating is this all happened in California. And there are people, like, they had that three-to-life thing. The, you know what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. that law? The three-strikes law. The three-strikes law where, you know, you fuck up three times. Three the, felonies. Three felonies, life. and then you get life in prison. But, like, those felonies could be drug charges. Yeah. They could be nonviolent felonies. Like, you've got people in jail in California as we speak who are serving life sentences for weed. In California, which, I mean, if, yeah. there, if there was a state associated with weed, yeah, it's California. Well, it's just ridiculous. You have these people serving life sentences for nonviolent crimes, and then this man gets out in two years... Because he and he tries to kill his wife. Hey, it was nonviolent. It was just attempted violence. I suppose you're correct. <laughs> I stand corrected. I'm still annoyed. Oh, I mean, yeah. Stand corrected, still annoyed. This guy, I mean, I, I am happy that he was dumb enough that he could not pull it off. Same. So. <sighs> well, while in prison, he did focus on getting an undergraduate degree and is trained to be an addiction counselor. And he is a licensed addiction counselor. So, what was his degree in? Do we know? No. Well, he just focused on getting the degree. Oh. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but he got the addiction counseling certificate. Oh, well. So, all right. There we go. Um, I will say that in an interview that I watched, he, I don't know him, you know, but he does seem to be genuine in changing his ways because there's some of these guys that we watch interviews with them after they did what they did and they talk about what they did and you they're like yeah i feel really bad barry minkow is a really good one of that where he was yeah. just he was a shithead he said that he wasn't a shithead anymore and he was still a total fucking just shithead. just tell he's still a shithead yeah this guy does seem to have reformed himself he does seem genuinely sorry he has if, if what he is saying is true, he has really worked on himself. He's gotten to a lot of therapy. Um, you know, he's trying to help other people by being an addiction counselor. It doesn't seem, you know, he's not like some of these people who steal a lot of money from underprivileged people. It does seem like he is genuinely trying to help other people. And he does t- correlate. He, you know, he is also speaks about prison advocacy like you know these people are in here because of trauma these people are not bad people you know if you give them the resources that they need he's speaking about this in the interview and so it's like all right maybe you're you know what you did was really bad this is where i feel this tug of war with him i'm like you again i don't know him but i'm like you don't seem to be that horrible at this point yeah you seem to have had a change but what you were gonna do was really horrible. I'm about to say, I do believe people can change. And I do believe that, I mean, going through uh, a divorce is probably not, you're probably not in your best mental state. You're not in your best mental state. That. You do have a schedule which is extremely demanding. You know, you're tired all the time. Yeah, it's not de- an excuse. It's he not- definitely thought about this a lot, though. Like, saying, like, ask it, like, if it stopped at him just asking his buddy, like, you know, somebody can kill my wife. 
Yeah. Like, that's one thing, because it's like, you had an awful thought. So awful that you thought about asking a friend if it could get done. But then, like, saying, I'm going to take the kids and, like, actually having the conversation with the person and stuff, that's that's going through with it, obviously, a little bit too much. But, but I mean, I don't think that makes you a bad person for forever. Honestly, I think a lot of the people that go into prisons for stuff like this are less bad than some of the people we talk about sometimes because they are the products of an unfortunate circumstance. Whereas the people who steal for greed do it for no real reason. No. And like he was even talking about, you know, like he was like, my parents were really great parents, but he did have someone who abused. It wasn't his parents, but he had someone else who abused him in his childhood. And like, you know, he never dealt with that. And yeah. And like, but this is like, it's a crime of passion. Like he was, you, right. know, you were and, upset. And you did something that you regretted because you were upset. Whereas like the people who like commit accounting fraud do it because they're like, no, no, no. they're Correct. like, I fucking want more money and I don't care who I, I don't heard. care. I don't care who it fucks over. I just want more money. No. Right. I, he also said something like how he hates that he's defined by his, worst day yeah unfortunately in the age of the internet that is that is what everyone does i mean nine the other day tweeted what are the girl what are the two girls one cup girls doing now and you think they don't want to get over that they don't want to be defined by all the shit they ate in that one video okay so So. from what i'm reading um i did look them up and i think one of them died i mean they did eat a lot of shit from dysentery like three days later what? Yeah. That can't be real. Well, I didn't think that it was real. That has to be a fake I, I didn't think it was story. real. I thought it was fake, too. Like, I started laughing, but then I, like, clicked on some other stuff, and it was, like, in more than one article. No. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I re- even if that's true, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> that can't be part of the, can- like, the real-life canon to me. That can't be part of it. I will break. <laughs> so. Uh, I do wonder what they're up to, though. Well, I th- I think they don't want anyone to talk to them about it. If they probably are. not. No, probably not. Um, but you know, even though he had some really bad things happen to him, and he went into prison, don't worry, because just like a bunch of other felons we talk about, Tim Labesis was able to get married while in prison, while I sit here single. Well, he's still hot, so he still got that going for him. He did marry Amanda, who was. In the gym while he was talking about murdering people. Oh, see? They were meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he and Amanda were married in 2015. She was a model while he was still in prison. Um, They did get divorced. They did split. It's not clear on why they split, but they're no longer together. Um, After he was released from prison, As I Lay Dying had a huge meeting, which was put up on their YouTube channel, um, where the band aired out all the all their issues and that the bandmates had said that they saw an actual change in Labesis. They reformed. They got back together. They ended up re-getting back together. Oh my God. Um, the band released an album named Shaped by Fire in 2019. But even though they were reunited, they did dissolve yet again. All right. There, um, there it is. And then by 2022, they are, it, it seemed from what I understand, like it's completely no more. There was a lot of change in bandmates in those three years. Oh. And then it was like just Labesis. And I think that it's not a thing anymore. Yeah, but he's the lead vocalist, right? Yeah. I hate to say it because musicians are important to a band, but it is kind of like no one else can really be the vocalist. So well, sometimes bands can just be the vocalist. 
he's the front. You know, you know what I mean? He's yeah. who people see. He's the he's unfortunately. I mean, it's not unfortunate, but uh, it's like do you, all parts are very important. But he's the face of the band. It's like it's who like, knows any of the names of the four seasons, right? But I know I know who Frankie Valley is. Well, but it's also like Ooh. seeing a play. Like you see the actors, but you don't see who did the lighting design, who did the costume design. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. Yeah. Um. In 2020, Labesis actually caught himself on fire and burned 30% of his body. He did note to fans that his man parts were not affected by the fire. Great. Hey, guys, I know everyone at home is wondering if my dick is okay, and I just want to let you know, yeah, my dick is fine. No pubes singed. It was too small to burn. Uh, That's what the doctor said. That was was the medical terminology they used. Too small to burn. Little peen. A little peen energy. Um, it happened because he was making a fire and he was using an accelerant to make the fire. But instead of like putting a couple drips, the cap came off and spilled all over his clothes. And then um, the can ended up exploding. And then the whole side, left side of his body caught on fire. I'm starting to think this guy's kind of stupid. Well, I think he kind of is. And then uh, he was in the ICU. And then afterward, like, he was a little bit better. He was not even able to lift a 15-pound dumbbell for a while. It's because of the steroids he stopped taking. Yeah, probably. Um, Labisa says this this was the most painful experience that he ever had. And I 100% believe him. I don't think he would have to say that. I think I think we could just he was like we talking, just know. Kind he of, was, we're like, yeah, that he was talking painful. about it in this interview. And he was like, yeah, my thresh bite. Threshold for pain is a lot higher now. He's like, what I used to think was a 10 is a 4 now. And I'm like, yeah, dude, your whole body caught on fire. Hey, hey, hey. Only 30%. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you're right. You're, you're right. Don't spread lies. And even though he didn't get the jail time he deserved, maybe this is the karma that he got for trying to kill his ex-wife. All right, yeah, we could wipe him clean. He's good. He got yeah. he got lit on fire. It's fine yeah. now. yeah. Um, although he, it's sad that he burned his body, Levesis did recently get married again for a third time to model Danny Sierra on June 4th of this year. It's like a month ago. Yeah. They literally got married a month ago. All right. On the beach. Um, I don't know, but yeah, they got married a month ago on the beach. That's actually how I know about this because somebody posted an article on it on Facebook and they were like, how do you marry a guy that will try to kill his ex-wife? And I was like, I mean, that's fair. But he's different. I can change him. He ain't a pair of poopy drawers, girl. You're not going to change him. Not going to change him. Um, I've said it a couple times in this episode. I don't really know how I feel about all this, but it does kind of seem like justice was served, and it does kind of seem like he changed. So that's cool. Yeah, like I said, he lit himself on fire. I actually do give him a pass. (laughs) All right. Well, with all that being said, Tim Labesis. A man who let fame, fortune, and vanity overcome his senses to make him commit the, the to almost commit the ultimate crime. And yeah, making someone else kill your wife for you. Be to, a man. Do it yourself. To say that Labesist is changed is not completely clear. However, stories like this do not normally have a happy ending. Thankfully, his wife was not murdered and is still alive today. Unfortunately, for many women, this type of story does not have a happy ending. In 2020 alone, 47,000 women and girls were killed by an intimate partner or someone in the home. If you or someone you know is a victim of domestic violence, please call 800-799-7233. 
I'm going to say that one more time because I said it pretty fast. 800-799-7233. And if you're struggling with addiction, because he didn't struggle with addiction to steroids, please call 1-800-622-HELP. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I thought you said this was the palate cleanser and it ended with a fucking hotline for domestic abuse, Nina. I forgot that I did that. You're such a liar, man. You were like, today's a fun episode. It's a fun little, it's a fun little palate cleanser from all the baby killing we talked about last week. And you're like, yeah, fucking 47,000 women last year were murdered by people at home. I'm like, oh, God damn it. My palate is, is, you can't cleanse uh, a, a, a pallet of piss with the shit, all right? It's it's just worse. Sorry, I forgot that I did that. <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, it's important to make sure people are aware. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> hey, 98% of the episode is fun. Yeah. And lighthearted. Yeah. As it can be. Yeah. So if you liked the first 98% of the episode, give us a follow on our socials. Um, we're on Facebook.com slash White Collars Red Hands. We're on Twitter at White Collars Pod. We're on Instagram at White Collars underscore Red Hands. Um, we are also on YouTube on Entertainment Buffet. We put our episodes up there. It's a fun little way to watch us. We get a little bit of money from the ads um, because, you know, as much as we love doing this, it would be cool to get paid for it. It's the truth. Um, if you are interested in also supporting, another free way to support us is by buying our merch. If you go to our website, whitecollarsredhands.com, there is a little spot where you can click on the merch, and it'll take you to Tee Public, and you can buy whatever you want. It's great. Um, another way that you can support us is if you hear about a white collar crime and think it'd be cool if we covered it, um, to suggest that, you can do that through our website or by DMing us on our socials. And, oh, that would be the unfree way to support us, is the merch. Yeah, the merch isn't free. Doesn't I forgot. I don't know why I did that. Anyways, but another free way... <laughs> to support us is by um, rating us on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. The better our rating is, the more we get thrown into people's algorithms and suggested to people and that's how people find out about us. Another way that people can find out about us is if you like us and people are like, oh, I'm going on a road trip and I'd love to listen to a podcast. Are there any podcasts that you like to listen to? You can suggest us. Suggest us to our to your friends. Um, suggestions are great. And I think that may be yeah. it. Well, also, if you are a, if you're a baby who's upset at us or someone who was kind of Camassia that wants to uh, say that I was insensitive for doing that joke, or if you want to submit a suggestion for an episode, uh, you can also send that to our email, whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. Uh, so go ahead and do that. I think that's it. Now that's it. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on another episode of White Collars, Red, Red Hands. Hands.